The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. This is your source for local high school college pro sports in and around Murray County. We have so many pro sports here. There is one that we like to talk about. It is the Atlanta Braves, and you can hear them next season on WKRM, our sister station, 103.7. And that's all that really, you really need to know. I'm excited. I, I am too. It's going to be fun. Pumped to uh, to be able to hear the the Braves on the airwaves here in Columbia. We've got a guy on the other on the line who knows a little bit about Atlanta Braves baseball as well. He um, is currently with the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, but prior to that, he was doing some work in the Atlanta area covering the Braves. And um, Nabias Wilborn with the Post Gazette now covering Penn State football is with us. Nabias, good morning. Hey, man, how you doing, brother, man? First of all, respect to you, respect to the audience, man. Good morning. Hey, um, appreciate you joining us here. Um, been a been a hectic time for you, I would think, just getting started with um, the Big Ten now and they're heading into week three of competition, I guess. What are you um, what are you seeing in the early going up there? Man, it's weird. I mean, you got to understand, as you boys down south, I mean – the SEC pretty much they were going from the gate, so <laughs> I don't think there was ever really a question of whether the SEC, ACC, and uh, the uh, Big Twelve were going to play ball. But uh, you know, Big Ten they they took their time. Um, I think, to be honest, I think Kevin Warren made the right call to be cautious, to be patient. Uh, a certain gentleman uh, who sits in a certain office, this pretty high office, who may not be there. Maybe the next couple of days, who knows? Um, decided to get himself involved in it, and all of a sudden, you get these parents, and I've never seen such outright defiance of a conference commissioner in my entire life of being a sports fan and now, what, 10, 12 years of covering sports. I've never seen the athletic director and the president of the university outright defy a ruling from a conference president as such happened with Penn State. No, excuse me, not with Penn State, Nebraska's president outright. Penn State's athletic director, uh, Sandy Barber, couldn't even acknowledge if there even was a vote. You know, all these conference presidents voted against it, but they were too cowardly to actually stand up and say what they did, rather they blame it on Kevin Warren, and which may or may not have been just because he was the easy black guy to make the target. But nonetheless, they're playing ball, and, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because, again, yeah, I remember all the all the Big Ten schools. You know, it, it's cold up here, brother. So you know, they didn't get their spring ball would have started late, really right when that third week in March when everything happened, and you go from being ready to play spring ball to not getting any spring ball, not getting any of those padded practices. Then you go all the way through, and quite honestly, you see a lot of missed tackles, a lot of poor special teams play because of 
just how the practices are set up. So it's very weird, man. A lot of weird games. Penn State is on two right now. They should have beat Indiana. They were better than Indiana. They played Ohio State for the second game of the year, and, you know, they got beat. They got beat thoroughly because Ohio State is basically a Midwestern version of Clemson or Alabama. I mean, there's basically three teams in college football right now, as you guys know, that are playing a different game from everybody. That's Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Everybody else, including the UGAs of the world, are just trying to figure it out and catch up. UGA is closer than Penn State, but Penn State, they're in that second tier of teams that are good, that have good players, but they're not ready for the real smoke yet. And having said that, Nabias, as as we, you know, try to navigate this season down to the college football playoffs, you mentioned Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State. Who is that number four team? Um, maybe Cincinnati. I mean, maybe Ooh. this year. I mean, this year, why not? I mean, because all right, right. <laughs> Georgia probably is the fourth best team in the country, but they're not going to beat Alabama at the championship game. I mean, maybe they will, but until Kirby Smart shows that he could beat Nick Saban without, you know, spitting the bed, then I'll believe it. But why not Cincinnati? I mean, hey, they're going to be undefeated most likely. They're beating everybody pretty well. And if this year an outsider team or maybe a BYU or somebody slips in, maybe so. Yeah, Notre Dame could be another one to pick. Notre Dame probably wins this week without Trevor Lawrence in Clemson. So that that really puts them into the – conversation if not but oh, absolutely Listen, if, if they beat clemson this week even if they go back and clemson beats them in the sec and the acc title game then of course you absolutely the college football playoff was mm-hmm. trying to find a way to get notre dame in that mix oh um, they'd love to get notre dame in there my Cle- my question at that point is though does clemson get in i mean two mean? teams out of the acc well but this is a weird year because exactly who's coming out 2020 of yeah, who's coming out of the Big 12? And, Nobody. And, and will the Pac-12 play enough games to take them seriously? Nope. No. They're going to play seven games? Six. Six, six. yeah. So, they're going to play six games. They're going to be fresher, whereas opposed they're going to play an eight, an SEC team like a Bama who played, what, ten games mm-hmm. in a conference championship? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, it's 2020. Who knows? It'll be weird. It'll be debated. It'll be strange, but... This could very well be a year when, you know, the ACC gets, you know, Notre Dame and Clemson in, and then you get Bama in, and then you get Ohio State, assuming they run the table, which they should. And you look at their schedule, I mean, now maybe Indiana might be the toughest game left in their schedule. And who would have thought we'd be saying that? Because i tell you what, I, I thought of Indiana team in person. They got some dogs, man. And Tom Allen is a good, is a good football coach. I was going to ask you about that game. Uh, Do you see any other angles that we didn't see? Well, I mean, I, he, he wasn't in, man. He didn't get in. But you know what, though? But you know what, though? It shouldn't have came down to that. Uh, Penn State is a better team than Indiana. Now, Indiana has some good players. Um, their their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., is as good as any quarterback in the country. They have some solid running backs. They have. Really a nice little team there, but Penn State is better than them. Penn State did not play well, and when you don't play well out here, you get beat no matter what it is, especially nowadays. So, yeah, no, I mean, it, 
it wasn't an ideal game, but let's be clear, Michael Penny Jr. did not get in. He didn't get in. You can look at any angle you want to get to. But, again, if Penn State doesn't put himself in that situation, then you're not having that conversation. We're talking with Nabias Wilborn from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And, Nabias, I'm fascinated having um, covered a couple of collegiate beats over my career. The idea of being this deep into your first year of the Penn State assignment and you have not met James Franklin face-to-face, what kind of challenges does that present for you in trying to cover this beat, this program? Oh, man, it's very bizarre because I started, I was covering, I started your covering the Pittsburgh Pirates for the post Um We decided to make a transition um, basically the week of the pandemic. I did a couple games down. I think the last sporting event I covered prior to the Indiana game was a Pirates spring training game in Dunedin against the Blue Jays, or maybe it was Clearwater against the Phillies or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Um come back and we switch over and you end up being in a situation where you start to beat and everything is virtual. You haven't met the coach. I haven't met any of the players. It's weird because you know how it is. You cover a beat. You're around every day. You, You get to at least form relationships with people. It's very hard to form relationships virtually, right? Yeah, James Franklin knows my name, but, you know, we haven't actually shook hands. It is a very weird thing that I'm still contemplating like even covering the games is strange because the way you have to be in the press box you can't move there's no media meal there's no you know on field access before or after the game the stadium only opens two hours before the game so no, you no don't media meal <laughs> hold on well, yeah no media hold meal. Well, this I ain't mean, right that ain't right well, I mean, hey, man, you know, they had a box once. But, yeah, when I went to Indiana, there was no meal. Was, bring your own meal. So, it's like, okay. Which, I mean, saved me a few calories, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, but there is something cool about, you know, the college. Signal college. Because, you know, they, they set it out, man. You know, they, they set it out that most places really take pride in providing a good meal. And, you know, that's just not a thing. And, you know, but also, too, the media meal if you're a good reporter, it allows you congregating. That's right. You can sit at a table to scouts and talk to guys. You can meet the TV announcers. You can meet, you know, other people who are there. And, you know, yeah, you don't get to congregate, which is also bizarre because you're in your seat. You can't leave your seat. You know, I had on a, a mask and a space shield over it. And you basically talk to the person sitting next to you, but like you know, you know how it is. You you, you guys have been to college football games and press boxes, and you know there's think about it: Penn State, Ohio State. Um, on Penn State's beat, there's probably I want to say 25 to 30 writers that are there every day. Um, pretty much every paper in the state of Pennsylvania covers Penn sure. State. Ohio State's the same way. Every paper from Northeast Ohio to Cleveland, all the way down to Cincinnati, Youngstown, everywhere in between, and just like that with uh, Pennsylvania, with Philly and Pittsburgh and Harrisburg. You know, if your paper still exists, it covers these schools. You <laughs> can imagine how full a press box would be when these schools are playing. It was maybe like a tenth of what it was. And it's weird, you know, and 
you know, Big Ten isn't having fans. So, like, you look on the field with your binoculars and you see the blue and the white and you see the scarlet and the gray. You know it's a big game. But then you slip up and you look in the stands. You don't see the band from either school. You don't see any fans, no mascots. Sounds yeah, like they man. should just put y'all in the, in the stadium. Just it sounds like they should just sit y'all up in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, sit yeah, you, I mean, sit it, you it, a it, section it, apart. It, it, yeah, well, that's another thing too. Like they probably could have done that, I guess, or like you know, in, in Beaver Stadium, I mean, it seats one hundred ten thousand. I mean, so when you look at this big cavernous place, and I think the way the Big Ten does it, each player got four tickets. So again, we'll say what one hundred. 110 players on the team and barely 500 people in the stands on each side. That's in the stadium that's each 110,000. It's a heck of an atmosphere, huh? Sounds like UAB. Yeah, man. It's very different. Again, they can't even have the band in there. So, you know, they tried to do this thing where they had like the band do the band, like pre recorded its pre game show and pre recorded its halftime show. And it just wasn't the same, man. It's just like the same. <laughs> But as we were talking in an earlier segment, in in a pandemic, if you're gonna have football, uh, I guess this is what it what it is. It is what it is, and um, it's it's definitely different, though. Oh, absolutely! It's it, it's bizarre at best, but again, this is the world we live in. And you know, going back to something I, I wrote earlier, you know, this is why elections and things have consequences because these are the things that we're dealing with, not only now but going forward. Because you look at a community like State College, I mean, the businesses there they thrive on eight weekends a year, mm-hmm. the home games and graduation, spring and fall graduation. Mm-hmm. That is where these re- hotels and restaurants and bars and bookstores and coffee shops and grocery stores. This is where they make their money. Yeah. That and, money is gone now. Yeah. And what that impact will be, who knows, man. Hey, I, I saw an article over the weekend, Nubias, after after Michigan lost to Michigan State to drop to one and one. A Michigan State team that had lost the week before to Rutgers. Um what, from your view, what is Jim Harbaugh's situation? I mean, it can't be good. I mean, you know, anytime he, you know, they look pretty good against Minnesota, but then what does that mean? Because Minnesota got beat by Maryland, who is a 24-point dog to a Penn State team that hasn't won a game yet. So, I mean, it's 2020, man. I don't know. I mean, I personally like Jim. I, I don't know what it'd be like to cover him, but the few times I've interviewed him, he's always been interesting. Um, I just don't think he's getting it done at the level that Michigan fans want. But, you know, let's be real. You guys are down south. You guys know where the players are, where they aren't. <laughs> um, there's, only, there's only enough players in this area, I guess if you said Midwest, Appalachia, which if you look at from, like, say, Western PA, um, you look at Pennsylvania, you look at Ohio, you look at Western, all these states around here going back towards um, Indiana and all these other states, right, Michigan and everything else. There's not as many five-star players up here, brothers. Yeah, 
You're, um, you're they're right. They're just not. There's not enough players up here for there to be but maybe one Ohio State. And right now it is Ohio State. <laughs> and it's going to be Ohio State for a very long time to come unless something ridiculous happens. But And that's a testament that's, to the, the changing of the game. That's why the Big Ten was always a, a, a you know three yards in a cloud of dust because that's what they that's had. what you had to have to play in the weather they play in. Yeah, man, it, 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 it's a different it's a different life in comparison to being down south. But that's also too why people have migrated down south because the population has changed. People don't want to shovel snow and be in the cold. Um, trust me, I know. Uh, <laughs> That's one of the things like look, that's one thing I enjoyed about covering baseball is because hey, I got to go to spring training for four or five weeks and be in Florida in the middle of winter. So <laughs> Hey, that's not a bad deal. Right. right. Hey, I'm just saying, like it's <laughs> a different life and it's really hard. You know, that that's why like baseball struggles up here, because it's it's hard to play as often as you need to play. Now there's indoor facilities and stuff like that. But it's not the same and that's a, and that's a legitimate issue that this area has when it comes to having good college football. Now, but it's also a testament to what Penn State has done because Franklin has gotten a lot out of that program, but fans there are mad because they want to be champions. And Michigan, you know, losing the game to Michigan State, a not great Michigan State game, which is good for Mel Tucker. Mm -hmm. You know, gives him some breathing room. That brother, that brother's got a task ahead of him fixing all that mess up at East Lansing, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Harbaugh doesn't make now. I don't know his contract structure offhand, and I don't know if that would be a factor, especially since, quite honestly, you know, every school is losing a ton of money. Yeah, you're and right. And that could be an issue. That, that, might, that might keep him there again. I, I don't Hard know to buy somebody out when contract. you ain't got any money to give him. All right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, and typically a school like Michigan, buying out a coach wouldn't be a deterrent, but, you know, 2020, we're in a pandemic, <laughs> and and two, I mean, they're going to lose. That athletic department is going to lose eighty to ninety million dollars. If you know how much they make off those home games, they're not. They don't have fans. Yeah, it's gonna it, it's gonna be tough, but we are looking forward to continuing to pay attention to how Big Ten football navigates the remainder of the year, and we'll be reading about Penn State. From Nabias Wilburn. One last question, Nabias. No relation to Michael, right? Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny. So Michael Laban <laughs> and I were actually distantly related. It's a funny, funny story. I don't have a topic yet, but it's a funny story. I was talking about um, family in a small town in Alabama, and basically, they the families broke apart because gotcha. of last name spelling. Yeah, yeah, that that happens a lot in Alabama. I would know. <laughs> um, I feel you. Of course, the problem is, problem is reading wasn't exactly a big thing, so it's a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. Well, thanks so much for taking time to join us today. We appreciate you. Man, listen, call me anytime, man. I love you guys, man. I'll be good. Thank you. Nabias Wilburn of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. When we come back, it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, and we have got some wild and wacky stuff to talk about. Super excited to get to that. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Joint. 